0: hi i'm geo
1: and i'm renee and this is listen to me podcast where you get all the greatest and unqualified advice from qualified creatives
0: basically we go through it so that you can pull the tower card and not freak out but apply its insights to your creative pursuits okay that's definitely a you joke <laughs>
1: Even as you were reading it, I was thinking about how you don't talk like that. I don't at
0: all. that's what I mean. I'm like, I don't sound like this. <laughs> Listen, Do you know
1: what the tower card is though?
0: Yeah, isn't it when everything is changing in your life and everything falls to shit?
1: Kind of, yeah. It's like a like a big collapse, like a big paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. It has multiple layers of meaning, like all tarot cards. But yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to write a tarot themed joke, but your delivery was amazing. So
0: Listen, like I said, I'm the actress. (laughs) Give me a script and I can pull it off.
1: (laughs) I love it because it's so true. Like every time we go to start, I'm just ready to go. And Gio's always like... (laughs) <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Look, he's
0: I have to like just take that one second snap into the fact that okay I'm about to say things that will be recorded and <laughs> heard and in our last two-parter episodes with Dr. Donardo, going through that and realizing like all the shit I said and I'm like I had to call my sister and say hey are these sections where I talk about family shit I played them for her and I was like is this is this okay to keep in because I didn't want to like, offend and she was like, honestly, you're being real and someone's gonna get something out of this.
1: Yeah, I agree with Lorena. Speaking I know, of but... which.
0: Yes. <laughs> I can't
1: believe she became a patron. I wanted to be like, no, keep your money, keep your money.
0: <laughs> she was like, I think I can I can scrounge the $15 a year. I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. And this is my sister who's now a patron on Patreon as yes. well as
1: Kishal, who is my best emotional whale friend that I see at the dog park every every week.
0: And based on what I've heard, Kashal, I need to give you a.
1: I'm sure he appreciates it. He messaged me and he was like, guess what? I did a thing and it has to do with podcasting. And I was like, did you start your own podcast? And he's like, you're dumb. (laughs) He didn't say that, but that was like the general vibe was just like, no, I'm not starting my own podcast.
0: I love that. So that really thank you nice. so much. Yeah,
1: thank you. And for anybody mm. else who wants to check out what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com/slash/listen-to-me-pod and see all the cool stuff we're putting up on there.
0: I found a new ding noise for it because you had mentioned that some of the sound bites are starting. to remind you of like the editing and Drag Race. <laughs> I purposely I didn't say
1: that who said that
0: you did. You're are like you sure. You're like it sounds like you're inspired by Drag Race with the sound effects, and so I purposely went and switched. When we say Patreon, it usually is like a, a magic sound. I change it to the, like, ding when ding. RuPaul is, like, promoting anything.
1: We need that <laughs> rattlesnake noise for whatever anything weird happens. Oh.
0: That is honestly so funny. Deep. I think that sound is hilarious. But at this point, this is episode 47.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For almost a year, we have been saying... Please email us at or send in our DMs. And we've had like a handful, but we've never actually had any direct DMs or emails relating to what we are asking about. We got a DM on Instagram and it was about our how to love a creative episode. And this is what they wrote. Just wrap the creative dating episode and as requested to message y'all about our experiences. Ugh, LOL. LOL. <laughs> I have dated a lot of different types in quotation marks of guys. And honestly, I say it time and time again, I don't think I could ever long-term date someone who wasn't a creative mind in some capacity. Simply on the basis of feeling understood. I think everyone is so different in terms of how they date. Some are birds of a feather flock together, and some, like Renee said, opposites attract, which seems wild to me in all caps. LOL. (laughs) This was a comforting listen. Loved it. Sierra.
1: Thank you, Sierra. Are we getting. Fan
0: mail now? This is great.
1: Lister mail. I love it. Yes. I read this comment. This reminds me of something I read, like a post about how, because one of my favorite things in, in books and in fan fiction and stuff is watching two people kind of like bicker and be at odds with each other and it be Mm -hmm. like sexual tension. But I think for some people and especially people who are like aromantic or asexual and don't really get the like sexual tension piece of it, it looks so weird. And that's what Sierra's comment reminds me of is like, the opposites attracting it's like why would you be attracted to somebody who's like the opposite of you and i don't know man it drives me crazy but i love it
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i just love it <laughs> i get that because i've been in that situation before yeah but also i'm that person that i just need it to be chill very like communicative in the sense of okay can we just like discuss it very calmly and then just move on because otherwise yeah, but
1: i'm not talking about arguing like i'm talking about when I ask Clay for attention, he'll come and annoy me, which I hate, but I also kind of like secretly love it. And he said to me like a few times, he's like, you wanted my attention, so now I'm gonna annoy the shit out of you. And I'm like, God damn you, Clay.
0: Maybe this is why I've been single for so long, which is the perfect (laughs) segue. to our our next guest (laughs) we can ask
1: Fadima about it so today we are talking to my friend Fadima who writes under the name FK Alden she wrote a book called The Single Friend which is available on Amazon and I know from talking to her a little bit that the inspiration behind the book is because she feels spent a lot of time like being celibatary and being like the one friend in the group where like everyone else is paired off but she is the only one who's not mm-hmm. uh so I'm really excited to get into it and talk to her she also runs a tarot channel which is why I did that really hilariously and excessively worded tarot yeah <laughs> <stuff. laughs>
0: i'm excited i was listening to my january 2021 yes. telescope on the youtube channel today and i have some questions yes
1: best <laughs> read for february and those videos are starting to get posted as well so mm-hmm. yeah i I'm, noticed that i am looking forward to it yes
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's get into it <laughs> let's
0: go <laughs> hello hi <laughs>
1: hi thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me yay i'm so excited fadima you and i met at work yep and when did we start talking about writing do you remember you have a better memory than i do
2: i would say it took like about two months after we started talk after lunch day we were like talking about random stuff and i think at the time matthew our colleague at the time was uh, like bringing up something about you writing and you were talking about a book that I think you were pissed off about and I was just like I can't connect with that and then we start to talk about those kind of things and the love for literature actually started from that conversation where we were just like oh yeah I like this 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 and then I was telling you at the time I was writing my technically first book (laughs) and I was just like Oh my God, this is great. I can finally speak about this with someone who understands the struggle of putting words into paper. And that's, I think, how it started. It was a very lovely summer. And of course, I was burning your brain with the bus guy at the time as well.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot
2: forget about that because I've threatened so many people about (laughs) the situation. It's bad.
1: (laughs) I want you to tell people about all the stuff you do because you you do so much stuff, like so yeah. many different creative things. So tell us a little bit about that so for people who don't know you.
2: For people who don't know me, yes, I do a lot of things. I have a tarot reading channel that I had started back in end of 2019 because I was inspired by a good friend named Renee who told me who encouraged me <laughs> and said, you should have a YouTube channel because you have the energy for that and all the sassiness that going on with it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I start the um it's called Scopus here Rotero and of course it's again it's Renee will find the name. I didn't come original with that at all. But
1: well, I was just like
2: yeah random I stuff you helped
1: you out i just threw out suggestions and you paid it wasn't
2: suggested like- you gave the name of that piece. <laughs> Damn it. i didn't feel like you felt like oh maybe you should call it like this and i was like that's it she's right again and i did i gave the name because yeah it's my passion of doing tarot and also i love high heels and i'm a scorpio uh, I do that, I do write, uh, I have uh, myself a podcast called Weird Millennials, I have a second YouTube channel that I just started recently, is called Unfiltered End, where I talk about a lot of things, review from TV shows that I watch on Netflix and others, and uh, my own uh, very weird uh, obsession against all Disney princesses, because I have, uh, I think, an issue with that and uh, everything that they have built up about like femininity how a woman ha- should be because they grew up on like oh my god i want to be snow white but i'm black i can't so yeah. those kind of things those frustration so i work on that and i'm sure i'm forgetting
1: stuff well, you had <laughs> nail channel too are you still doing nail videos? no no
2: i stopped that because i got very much discouraged by professionals who were like having millions of you because they were doing that in a nail sound so I would just I can't really meet that high standard I have an Instagram page for that where I stopped actually even update because with this quarantine I was not inspired to do anything anymore so I was like that one is on on hold and I have uh, decided just to be a little bit more focused on my writing right now. So I write an article on vocal. I do more investigation with with, uh, that. It just seems like you just woke up on me like, "Mm, yeah, you need to do this really much. Or maybe because my mom encouraged me on that way as well, that I'm just writing gonna be a serious thing for me
0: do you have anyone helping you putting all this these videos together and all these like different I just think about how much time it takes to put this just the podcast together I can't imagine you're like I have 50 channels and 18 instagrams I'm Like, how is this person doing all this
2: well I I am a multitasker and in <laughs> everything is just a. It's not just doing one thing at a time because I would lose interest really quickly. So I need to mm-hmm. do 500 things at the same time. It's weird, it's crazy. Renee will tell you the same thing when we used to work together. She will come to my cube and see the chaos that it was. <laughs> but I feel so good and stimulated with that. So that's why, even though right now I feel like, yes, I do a lot by myself, but I feel like that's the way that I really put myself into my project to yes. just show how much I care. You know, it's not just saying, yeah i have a youtube channel just whatever mm-hmm. fly away do whatever you want no it's just that to me it's always important to put myself in each of my projects mm. because i'm also control freak a little bit but
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that's geo's i can relate laugh
0: yeah <laughs> i'm the
1: same <laughs> yeah so just that and I
2: understand that some people rather just focus on one thing but me I like to do a lot of things at the same time because I always have been like this for me even growing up I will go to school I will have a lot of extracurricular activities in in a week my week was packed even now sometimes with my mom we talk about it and she's like how do you find even time to sleep at that time? Because I will go to school like the eight hours on Mondays. I will go to do volleyball. After that, I will go to my reading uh, club. After that, I will go do dance. After that, I will do paint, sing, this instrument, all that in the same time. So it's always been in me. And Sometimes I need to slow down as well. Mm-hmm. And like you said, yes, I have a lot of things and I feel, I feel that I need it. It's kind of like my relationship. It's just, I need it. I need it. The, right now, all those stuff are um, my boyfriends.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <feel the> same. <laughs> you are my spirit sister. Seriously. I am literally Oh my same. God. Thank you. No, you I'm the what? same.
1: Just talking about that before you came on the call when we recorded our intro.
0: <laughs> literally i was saying that i'm like i'm so a type and i just i'm married to my work because especially right now with nothing going on before this whole situation i was very much like i need to create balance i'm way too focused on work i want to have a good work-life balance and now that i can't even do that i'm like fuck it I'm just going to work overtime every, yeah. almost, as, and just because I feel like I'm doing something for myself that is moving me ahead. So I feel you on that. <laughs> oh, no,
2: I totally get that. Like before even I got laid off, I was just like, I need to kind of slow down with jobs because seriously, what else do I have? And this quarantine made me realize that, oh my God, I'm a workaholic because mm-hmm. just staying at home, I was driving myself nuts. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like, yeah. I can still take time for this and that, but still a lot of ideas just keep coming out in my brain. And I need to do that because one day I know I will find that insane guy. We're going to say, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to have kids with you, but now I'm just enjoying me. So mm-hmm. I'm married with all the project that I'm doing until I have maybe the rest of the left of energy to focus on that guy. Good luck to him. And be like, okay, I'm gonna be a wife and try to slow down. But by the way, you know what you're dealing with here. So I'll just like just you done done. But yeah. he will find a way to calm me down. I think. I hope he better.
0: Maybe you're coming into his life to spruce him up a little bit and liven him up a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I spark think spark some stuff for him.
0: Spark some mm-hmm.
1: joy. <laughs> 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 yes, Marie Kondo. I'm
2: gonna love that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I was getting to know you a little bit today and I came across your YouTube channel, which I watched the Gemini January. I like what I hear generally. (laughs) I was telling Renee, I have questions. Uh, (laughs) But no, honestly though, what drew you to tarot in the first place? Like, do you see yourself expanding Scorpio stiletto into an individualized reading service beyond like YouTube?
2: Well, what started off, it was when I I think... All my attraction for Tarot was about, I think, anything related to my family, because we are very much, I would say, connected to a lot of things. And Renee and I, we had a conversation like that where I was kind of like afraid of talking about it, because for us, when you have a specific type of gift, you will be uh, kind of like you put uh, outcasted and say that oh you're a weirdo. If you someone does not believe what you believe, it's hard to have that kind of conversation with them and say just be open minded. It's not like I snoop on your life and tell you oh by the way all of this is happening. Like I was telling a, a lot of time to Renee, I sound like a crazy person because I need to cut it out on my head. I would just like one day wake up, I was 15. And I told my mom, I need to have tarot card. She was like, where the hell did I come from? Say, I don't know, I need them. And she brought it to me. Mm -hmm. And one night she decided to do reading for her friends. The thing is, in my family, everyone has a different way to see those kind of stuff. Anything that's related to spiritual. My mom is not tarot at all. She can see you like that here, see your picture and tell you your whole life. Trust me, it's scary, but it's also Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. She can do that. She can read your hand. She can predict a lot of things about you. But me, my way to come is just that I have zero filter. So it would just come out like that. Mm-hmm. But what I, I do, it just I take tarot, it just condense everything in it. And I'm able to focus more when, when I, I, I explain yeah. something to people and tell them what's going on and what I hear. Because if I don't have those things in my hand, it will go all over the place. And all your damn ancestors, I'm not saying that yours are damned, because I would just go <laughs> not...
0: Honestly, not surprised if they are.
2: <laughs> the Italians, so of course they will be. And also... <laughs> If I take example, Renee, if you're okay with that, mm-hmm. every time that I do tell reading for her, yeah, there's always her husband ancestors showing up and wanted to just there's one of them who decided technically I'm his wife but he liked to burp in my face that asshole but <laughs> just to get back to my channel I still have a hard time to want to uh, expand to the personal reading because I feel like it can become a sort of an addiction for some people mm-hmm. and also I don't want to feel like I am abusing their request or need uh, because they always come to you uh, when they uh, Contact you is just they come to you when they are in a vulnerable moment, when mm-hmm. there's something yes. happened. They wanted to connect with someone to reassure them. And I don't feel comfortable doing that. It's just also the thing is, even though the person will request, I will sometimes have nothing coming. And I don't want it to lie to them and say, oh yeah, this great thing gonna happen to you. Your husband is there, your wife is there, whatever is there. Mm -hmm. It would not be genuine. And also for us in my family, we always see that when we have this gift is to help out people, not to make money of it. That's why I rather just put that into uh, a channel and just focus on it. And also I would be exhausted. Oh my God, Yeah, I would be dead. Because usually after reading, even though when I do a general reading on my channel, I would just go to bed. It would knock me out. I will have a hard time with that. That's why I don't feel comfortable doing the personal readings. If I'm kind of like friend with someone, it would just take me, it would just like I need to read it for you. It's just that. But I try to not commercialize that and say, "Oh yeah, if you want a personal reading, I don't feel comfortable with that." Because I feel like if I start to do it, I will lose that power. I won't be able to help the people with it. And give the right message because the money will be behind it my motivation would not be the same
1: that raises such a good point that a lot of people who do use tarot and other like psychic services and stuff like that they do do it when they're in like crisis moments and things are going hard and like Fadima's readings are no joke like she's read for me many many times and they're like mega readings like it's not just like yeah, like, uh, and also th- something could happen to you today and you'll put on a sweater and you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like really in-depth and we talk about a lot of stuff, a lot of family stuff. So there's a trust element to it. Like, Fadima, you are my friend and I trust you when we when we do the readings and I trust that you're like, gentle when you tell me things that are like emotional because they get emotive and i feel like we have both cried during tarot readings that we have (laughs) done for each other so it really speaks to like what an ethical person you are that that's your approach and i i just think that's commendable and you're and also we
2: are two water signs so of course we're gonna cry (laughs) so
1: single friend so the single friend is the first is that the first book that you wrote like that you finished
2: well it's my first book that i wrote as an adult yeah because the second the first technically like officially patient zero it was like a collection of poems that i wrote when i was 19 and it was shitty as hell because i was so in love and also all reading in french by the way so it's called confession d'un Cœur, so confession of her heart because i was fully over the hill for that guy and he inspired me instead of being focusing on doing my class and just have my great right write because I hate math so I wrote that that was my <laughs> first book and then I decided uh, after a lot of years passed and I didn't really think about my writing at all because since I was like I would say 14 I started to write some stories but I didn't really put too much thinking about uh, on it because I was like okay first of all I am dyslexic so dyslexic people doesn't don't have this kind of need to write or read but just after time I was like I collect book I love that I just just the smell of it oh yes but (laughs) I enjoy that I enjoy that because to me it's just I would say the way to be able to travel elsewhere to just yes. you are in, in a certain place but your mind is able to go everywhere on the planet or even outside if it's sci-fi or whatever and that's why I was like yes book is awesome single friend is my second book but I see that as my first official where I was putting really much thought and work and research to it and some weird ass sweat because I discovered some crazy things about single life and I just had to put that in the book. That's why for me, I see that as my first book because I really care about it.
0: So what's something that's interesting when you're saying, oh, I came across some interesting information?
2: First of all, um, the, the stigma that single people always had. <laughs> Whatever happened in society, everyone on the planet is not just a cultural thing that is linked to Western society. A lot of minority, uh, Latinos, uh, black. Asia I discovered that in Japan there's actually a subculture where you have those guys who just whatever happened they don't want it to be in a relationship it's not that they are asexual. it's just their culture is so ingrained in them that they will even have a hard time to go talk to a woman even invite her to or to have a drink because they have always this mindset that the women have to be shy and refuse every offer that they get and the guy have to be the one and be like, okay, if I chase her, not too hard. And what I discovered with Japanese culture about single life is really strange. But what I've seen is just that we all share that thing in common, but we keep our stigma elsewhere. Because I was sick and tired of seeing everything about Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, single people are jealous of people in uh, in relationship. No, we're not. Some of us are super happy to be single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, yeah, dodge bullet like over here. <laughs> so you see this kind of thing. I discovered as well that the pressure for women is not just limited to women, this gender or transgender to find uh, someone. it's just with the evolution of human being that we are, it always been seen that you have to couple up to reproduce. To just by survival, you have to have a partner because we are social being, and it's not totally acceptable to be alone. But for where I come from, especially growing up in France, over there, you're single for all your life. It's totally fine. You're actually doing well doing that because you choose to, but... When i came in this continent i felt like it was that culture was a setback where it's again it get back to how uh, a lot of those minority lived and also the um uh, in the african continent where they would look at me and also look at anybody was like around my age and be like how come you're single why are you single what what's wrong with you
1: like mm-hmm. why
2: do you have to be with me <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why, why should I be the one who will have something wrong going on because I'm single? Those are the things that I discover and all the pressure that we have about marriage, those crazy stupid things where our generation are probably the first one. We are adjusting that uh, norm of being by 25 or 30, being married, have a kid and a house. We are the first generation. Changing that definition where it's not working like in the fifties. Where yeah, you get out of your parents and then you you go to your husband.
1: Fuck, that's what my parents did in the Mm eighties, nineteen. Yeah, I know. My parents were like twenty-five and they moved from their parents' house into their house. And I, yeah, Uh I had the same thing. Like with my, it's like, when are you bringing a boy home? (laughs) But also, don't like date, but not until you're married. Like that was very, very much the rhetoric that I grew up with. And yeah, I definitely agree that being single is very stigmatized because there's just this assumption that you wouldn't be single on purpose
0: the timing of this is very serendipitous not that this even means anything but i found this like a meme it's on the being single and like the perception of you feeling like is something wrong with me and it said gay boys are like apples on trees the best ones are at the top of the tree the other boys don't yes. want to reach for the good ones because they are afraid of falling and getting hurt. Instead, they just get the rotten apples from the ground that aren't as good, but easy. So the apples at the top think something is wrong with them when in reality, they're amazing. They just yeah. have to wait for the right boy to come along, the one who's brave enough to climb all the way to the top of the tree. <laughs> yes! That
1: is such realness for, like, like all yeah, everybody that's how that I, I think feel. about. Yeah, like, all of my single friends, because I'm always, like... That's what I hear almost overwhelmingly when I talk to my friends who are single. Is like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, there is nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. at all. Like, you are fantastic. Why am I friends with you if there's something wrong? With you? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're great.
0: It's true. It plays tricks on your mind. It's like, yeah. why am I so like? Why is it impossible? I'm like, and it's not like once again, it's not an ego thing. Like we talked with Dr. donardo on last week's episode. Oh. It's not me. It's like it's, but it's it because of society.
2: Yeah. Society, the media, how we have been raised culturally. Like I said earlier, we are the first generation questioning all the status quo where we are like, is that really that wrong to be single? I'm, Mm. I'm 33. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Thank God for that. Because whoa, I, I'm not in the mood to be a baby mama. We are the first generation where we are kind of like trying to figure out who we are first before yes. we are involving anybody. We are the first generation also talking about mental health yeah. openly where we say there's some demo- demons that we have to battle before deciding to be with someone. And not just bringing that. And also saying that we are the first on doing that, but we open a gate where people look maybe down on our generation, but we're the first one kind of like saying that, listen, you guys, you better sit down because first of all, you will have the highest rate of divorce. You uh, stuck with someone that you hate and you just uh, put that anger and frustration onto them, your partner, your kids, or or, uh, indulging alcohol and drugs. We are actually at least, the first one being like, you know what? I'm gonna work on me first, before offering my heart and my life to someone else. Not oh. saying that, yeah, something is wrong. I don't feel like anything is wrong. It took me l- a long time to stop thinking that, yeah, something was wrong with me or not, because I felt like nothing was wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with me. For a long time, I'm sure Gio, uh, you also had heard people tell you, oh, your standards are too high. i like, no. I no.
0: have been, it, not, it was within so many words, but not saying like you should lower your standards, but it's like, you're just picky. And I'm like, that's because, oh, it's yeah. same shit. but it's like, I can't just let anyone come into my life because I have just created too much of a good thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: to let someone fuck it up.
2: <laughs> you know what? What I would suggest you to say. I always say that to you every time that someone tell me I'm picky I'm saying no I'm not picky I'm selective it's different
0: yes you are
2: being selective because you know your value you Mm. are not gonna be like oh yeah any random dick I take it no same for me otherwise I'll be oh I will be ho ho like (laughs) a big asshole I'm (laughs) not I'm not in that mood (laughs)
0: That's that I, I've been new in that storyline.
1: <laughs> I let la- Fadima, I cannot believe that you were like, I don't know if this is gonna like I'm a little bit nervous. Like you're fucking on here and I'm like, why am I co-hosting this podcast? Like, do you have to replace me with Fadima? She's fucking amazing, no
0: going right? <laughs> like- No, no, no. Oh
1: god, no. No, I'm a guest, though. I'm just good. You're doing amazing. Like, I'm like, sitting here riveted.
0: She's like, I don't need another project. I'm yeah, yeah. like, <laughs>
1: No,
2: it's fine. I, I enjoy that. Because podcast, that's the thing that I like. It's just that it creates conversations, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is or with who. It just, you're talking about a subject that I'm very, very close to it because it hit home. It's me. Yeah. yeah. So, because I noticed, I was just one day. Oh my God, I am in all group of all group friends that I had since I was fifteen. I always been the one who always been the single, the longest. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I first I thought that I thought that it was bad, and then after that, I turned it out to so what. Yes. I'm sure that because I had a lot of guy friends and they were like, yeah you're very specific to what you want and years later they're like I had a crush on you I was like bitch I was waiting for you to ask me out yeah because they was just intimidated about all of this
1: this. it's not just Japanese men
0: (laughs) (laughs) no it's all men
1: so maybe let's talk about weird millennials a little bit like what was the inspiration behind starting weird millennials
2: is actually one of my friends one of the first people that I met when I moved in uh, Edmonton and he was like he moved actually in the east coast now he live in ontario and uh, he was talking about uh, one day we have a conversation very long one and it's like you know what you have the personality to have a podcast i was like don't don't tempt me it's like <laughs> yeah you will be able to talk about everything because most of the time when we have a conversation on the phone it, we talk about everything but our conversation focus more about our relationship because he's a little bit younger than me and sometimes he just likes to have my advice or my woman point of view but I would not trust myself with that, but you know, it's just because he liked the fact that I am so 100% raw with him. I'm, I have zero filter with that, not trying to sugarcoat and say, yeah, she doesn't deserve you. I'm like, you were dumb. You chose that girl. Yes. So that's what he liked. And I was just like, okay. I was thinking about it. And then one day, I was just at my apartment. I was just, this quarantine just drive me nuts. And I will see a lot of things on YouTube that I wanted also to react. But I am not a type of go and comment and be a very uh, negative, just to destroy the person. Because otherwise, you don't agree, just get out. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. And I I created. Yeah. And then... I was like, you know what? I'm gonna create my own podcast, actually. I'm gonna do that, we'll see how that goes. And I decided to create with millennials and even the name I came out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, I'm weird, I'm millennial, whatever. But it makes
1: total sense because you were just talking about how this generation, like the millennials, we are seeing like that sea change or that mentality shift toward different things. So talk a little bit about what things do you take apart on your podcast? Because you like to think about stuff analytically, right? So that's what you're doing on the podcast. Uh,
2: My latest episode was something uh, subject that it was close to my heart because I would say that I live it, but also it was helping me discovering that I was talking about colorism into the black culture and the hypocrisy of black people about that and how we uh, always like put on a high standard. Any woman was very light skinned on the top shelf and say that oh yeah they're the best anything like the Apple uh, um, situation it's just that they are the best you have to take them and the dark can are uh, being mocked and solved all that all that by the same people who say that oh support me if I am in trouble I'm like man we're tired yeah, I man. heard a lot of other African-American talking about it me I experienced it in within my own family because sometimes I would. Was- talk with them for webcam just because the light is good my skin look great they're like oh (laughs) "Oh my god you bleach i'm like hell no no
1: (laughs) first of all your skin is amazing i just want to thank you that's also the light (laughs) no 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 in real life i spend time with you in real life yes and your skin is beautiful thank you
2: but i was just talking about that part and also what i was experienced within my family where i was born light skin when i was born as a baby people thought that my dad was white which was not the case the guy is also black as a charcoal he's black black but mm-hmm. i came out light skinned and they were like oh yeah she must be mixed and also i have light my hair color is not black either it's like a very uh ready kind of reddish i'm a black ginger girl when mm-hmm. i was a kid my hair was ginger and also i don't have the texture that they see in black people but even that they will always tell me apart and kind of like saying that I'm bleaching. I try to be more white. I'm just like, no, I'm not here. There's one thing also very important to take consideration of is winter with minus fucking 22. You're not going to be dark. Not everybody. You just, your are not going to be that solid. Mine Mm -hmm. is not. I get dark in the summer. I get lighter in the winter. That's it. But Mm -hmm. they're still getting that. And I felt like For a long moment, I didn't feel comfortable with that because I didn't like the fact that they will always bring it up because it make me feel like an outsider, an outcast, and say that, oh, yeah, this one so wanted to look like uh, those white people. I'm just, I live with them. I'm not trying to blend in.
1: And you can't fucking win. It's like you're light and that's a good thing, but you're light and you're trying too hard to be light. Like, and Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God.
2: Yeah, I was talking about that and also the preferences, The difference between preference and fetish. Where for a long time I had also a lot of my black friends was like, "Oh yeah, you never date black guy. You just like white men." I'm just no, dude. You are my type. I don't care what is your race. Can I say it, Renee? You know exactly what I'm gonna say. Say it. Yes, go ahead. (laughs) If I feel like I I want to sit on your face, you're my type. (laughs) That's (laughs) it. (laughs) That's it. I I don't care if you. Yes, I, you, that's why I was like, can I see
0: it? Yes. Oh, yes, you can. Absolutely. Thank
2: you. Because I feel like sexually, I'm not drawn to you and say that, yeah, I need to sit on your face. You're not my type. Yeah, I don't man. care about your skin color at all. So a lot of times people's like, oh yeah, I prefer white men. But the thing is, yes, most of the guys that I have dated are white, but it doesn't mean that if you tell me, choose exactly which one, if you put every guy of each race and they're all hot and they have my criteria of a six foot tall, dimples, <laughs> nice ass, Mm, i'm on it if you don't have it, that nice bum really, i'm not there i don't really, care what you, you, you keep the that. same
1: list like... <laughs>
2: what i swear to god i think you may be my spirit animal <laughs> you know we connect here i feel too oh.
1: yeah let's sip it up because we got to go into the next meeting but okay. this is just so fun we're, i don't want to stop
0: we're picking up on this one we... yes yeah
1: okay. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so I want to go back exactly to where we just left off. Okay. I am exactly the same. My criteria is, are you hot? And hot is not specific to me. It could be any assortment of styles and looks and backgrounds and whatever. I really am like an equal opportunist when it comes to men. My only criteria is what's going on up here and what's in here. I don't give a shit about the rest. If you're hot to me, any variation is good. Which you would think you're casting a wide net, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. Like... <laughs> like,
2: like seriously, you and I, we are really
0: the same. Like the look is important, but
2: here and here, mm-hmm. very much important. If yeah, you're an asshole, hurt. it's going to make you ugly. That's it yeah. for me. If you're dick to people, you're going to be, a, uh, no, you can be the hardest guy on the planet. And if you're an asshole, it's going to make you ugly. So then I would not want to sit on your face. But if you're someone who have a very gentle heart and also uh, are able to have a stimulating conversation, someone will just get it, my weird ass sense of humor and able to get back to something very deep, I'll be like, oh my God, my pants are soaked. Let's go do this. Because I think it's very uh, turn on and it's very sexy. A man who's smart, someone who's smart, is very sexy it's not just the physical well kind of it helps a lot
0: it helps yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: smart and hot i think are both relative terms in that way right because like i'd have this conversation with clay all the time because he's not smart in the way that I'm smart he's not an academic thinker but god damn he is smart and mm-hmm. when I talk to him and I hear him take apart things and like tell me his point of view and the way he looks at stuff that is sexy to me like yeah. I think it's very attractive when somebody can articulate kind of what they got going on up in there and you connect in that way and you feel seen with that person yeah
2: yeah Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I make zero discrimination on that. And uh, the person have, have to be open minded as well, because mm-hmm. I have a background where I grew up in a very, I would say, eclectic background. My aunt, the one who raised me from zero to eight, she had um, a bar, but in um, my home country is kind of like a mix with the bro kind of where you have different types of people even those who have been rejected by the society was there and then when my mom came take me back and then we went to France I grew up in the gay community so I was used to uh, everything super fabulous and colorful and they (laughs)
0: they
2: told me how to wear heels and I will always be thankful for that because I know how to do that (laughs) for your Uh, obsession hey it's not an obsession
1: It's a passion. It's different.
0: It's an appreciation.
1: Appreciation. She's words with She's words (laughs) with I love shoes. I know. I love,
2: love shoes. Just think about it. Oh, I'm happy with that. So yeah, (laughs) the guy has to deal with it. Also, he has to have good taste in shoes, of course. Because if he says, oh, I don't like girls in high heels, get the fuck out. (laughs) Don't (laughs) talk like that about my babies.
0: He has to be secure. Because sometimes, think about it. If you're a woman who likes to wear or anybody who likes to wear heels and it'll make you taller yeah. than said love interest to my friends they got married in out of shoes like they're the same height in heels she is obviously taller than him and for their wedding she wore heels she was like I'm wearing heels it's my wedding mm-hmm. yeah. and he was like whatever he's like I got a tall ass lady I don't care like you know what yeah, I mean Exactly. <laughs> and I was like I love that yeah
2: <laughs> yeah That's called confidence. It's it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. It's beautiful to see that. But of course, I'm I'm not that tall. I'm 5'3".
0: Oh, okay. So you you're not that
1: short.
2: Yeah, that's what the nurse said when she took my measurement. I was so disappointed. That was short. I was. I was five six. Oh, you're one of those it's people.
1: It's
0: all that, that personality. Personality.
1: Yeah. I was just gonna yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, shrunk
0: yeah. over time, but
2: yeah, I have a lot of personality. I tell you, I grew up in something. You meet my mom, you understand.
1: Oh, one day, one day, I'm gonna meet your mom. I talked to uh, to her about you a
2: lot, and she's like, "Really? You're not trying to talk about your friend like that?" I'm like. I talk about all my friends like that. They're all my closest friends. So I'm going to tell you what's going on. And she's <laughs> cool with that. There's just five people that I always talk to my mom every time. My two besties, Michelle and Tony. My uh, other friend, John. Uh, Renee is part of it. And also another one, he uh, is, like I said, that he's my adoptive brother. Either he wants it or not. He's my brother. He cannot negotiate that. I say that, you, you type <laughs> with me, you're done. It's like, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, I understand that. I want to talk about vocal media. So can you tell me a little bit about what your experience writing on vocal media has been and the kind of things that you've written about?
2: The thing is, I discovered that on Instagram. It was one of those ads that was showing and said, oh, you can make this with that. And I was just curious a little bit. I went on the website, not really thinking about the money side of it. And I look at all the things that they were putting there. And I was just, hmm, that seemed interesting. I have also stuff to talk about that is not absolutely related to what I'm writing. And also I felt like it would help me develop my skills a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I wrote my first article on December 31st, 2020, because I was sick and tired of all those damage. Like, Happy New Year. New Year, new me. I was like, no, no, no. New Year's him. Oh, as of your ass. Stop! I'm going to lose 30 pounds by this. It's like, oh, stop lying to yourself. you didn't see how a gym looked like in a decade so that's kind of stuff where I was just like I'm going to talk about that my frustration with that that was the first article that I wrote there where I was talking about all the resolution and how people put this type of pressure on themselves just to meet that because it's ridiculous you don't need to lose 10 pounds by January 31st that's ridiculous in one month if you never have a, like, into working out, don't force yourself on something you would never do. Yeah. That's all I was, like, thinking about when I was uh, looking at that. So I wrote an article about it. And then after that, I wrote a second uh, thing for them, but it was more of a story where I was able to kind of, like, just let my imagination take me whatever. And I decided to take a twist on uh, The Little Mermaid because I also hate that bitch with her tail. And- <laughs> And I decided to to kind of like uh, put a twist on it where she's not just like that stupid ass half-fish girl who fall in love with a a dumbass human who is not smart enough to say, write down your name, by the way, instead of oh, I like you like a sister. Mm -hmm, Fuck yourself. So (laughs) I kind of like change a little bit the story where it would imply, uh, put a lot of different uh, character and actually the focus would not be on the little mermaid of herself or the prince, but the third character will fall in love with the prince then we'll have a whole life with him not knowing that this dumbass is in love with a half fish woman that was uh, the part of what i'm doing on vocal and i i am planning to write another article but I don't know exactly what is going to be exactly because I kind of like set myself, I'm going to do that by Saturday. So I will see what it's going to be, but uh, probably something about it. Say that take it slow or depending of one of the voices would tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth?
2: (laughs) Oh my God. There's too many people up here. Sometimes it's just overwhelming.
0: The cacophony of voices. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) <laughs> but it's
2: okay they, they kind of like get along someday when they want to gang up on me but it works
0: i always joke that for me the i'll, I'll lump all the voices together and i just call them carl like listen no, carl like shut the fuck up carl <laughs> i'm trying to just be zen right now you're getting in the way of that
2: <laughs> i like it i would like to do that but unfortunately it's not always the case because they also as you see Mm. Have a lot of fucking personality, like right? bitch. Mm-hmm. Excuse you, why are you try to do that? Uh, uh, I'm not going there. This mm. way, mm, okay, we got it. Yeah, so yeah, I get it. But it's fine. We all cool out here. It's kumbaya some days. All alone with all myself. <laughs> the perk of living by yourself with no roommate, with nobody.
0: Once again, I know exactly where you're coming from. (laughs) Like, I'm in this, it's like you're speaking to my soul. (laughs) Look.
2: Renee, know that I have a deep connection with Gemini's it's a thing I I heard today
0: I heard that today in that video you went on about the Gemini's I was like in my notes (laughs) about you tarot and then in brackets Scorpio stiletto tarot Mm -hmm. loves Gemini smile emoji (laughs) (laughs) I'm not I'm reading it right now
2: (laughs) I have really I think I have just that strong thing whatever happened my aunt the one who was like um, closest to my mom is a Gemini and I'm really close to her. something happened to her, I will be pissed. I don't know. I will burn down this planet if anyone just trying to say trash about her. She's the only one who can just say shit about me. I, I have to be the only one be mad about her. Nobody have to defend me. Uh, my best friend Tony is a Gemini. My rising is a Gemini. All the guys that I wanted to fuck on this planet are Gemini as well. <laughs> I feel like I just have a thing for Geminis. And trust me, you are probably the best sign ever personally for me and i'm very biased on that
0: from the mouth of angels (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you yeah we are wild though talk about gemini men
2: (laughs) (laughs) i love it i know one of yeah. my exes is a gemini but the problem sometimes i feel like he still can't get enough of me <laughs> and he's married and i don't want to do that i i have way too much respect and also i have my boundaries no yeah, oh, but yeah. uh yeah. Renee, know that the guy that's the bus guy that i i still i feel like i cannot just get over him he's a gemini and it's not just that physically he was turning me on because like for months I was like I fucking that guy and he was doing the same and after mm-hmm. that we started to talk and I was like before doing that I was sure I was like we're not, not gonna have that much in common he seems like the dude would like to just pump iron and just be airhead stupid and I saw him read 1984 I was like oh my god this is so hot now <laughs> and we start to talk same way to see things same energy same connection with books and crazy stuff that we read i was just like oh my god marry me i'll go i can get, have
1: give you 30 babies right now i don't care I'll take it. <laughs> one day one day the right gemini
0: if you have that many kids you just need to make sure you train them so that they can edit your videos edit your podcast
1: yes. we're free. Your yeah yeah I not
2: trust, them. I not <laughs> trust them like really i know that i'm weird and crazy and i like to do a lot of things but i wouldn't even trust my own kids even to just coming at this world i would be like my god if you survive over five years old and you still have all your shit together with our therapist wow it's not me (laughs) thank you dad
1: (laughs) literally my argument for not having a child right now oh my god sorry No, I'm, Sam, I'm like, let me just not, like, inflict my trauma on somebody else. <laughs> or, like, make oh. it into a survival experiment for them. Yeah.
2: I know. Honestly. But the crazy thing, I raised my sister, right? And mm-hmm. she Well, you already have really... your
1: mom, your mom quota, I feel like, with that.
2: Yeah. Well, even before that, because since I was five years old, I've been taking care of other people, babies, mm-hmm. and they turned out pretty okay. So I'm just like, maybe I'm not that bad. But apparently my sister bad. is picking up a lot of things that I was doing as a kid and my mom was like yeah I don't know but I, I can't do this. I'm just like oh my god I have to take out that distance every time something happened my sister called me first before calling my mom just like I'm not your mother I'm your sister.
1: <laughs> oh I definitely hear that because that's my experience right now when shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Hi I'm the one who gets the phone call. You know that you
2: give me the vibe that you're gonna be a good mom. I know that if I push out a human of my vagina one day and it's like about not acting up, right? I will get that kid straight to your house and say, "You will yeah. see Aunt Renee. She's gonna give you shit, and oh, I am. want you to
1: give them shit." I'm a like, terrifying, I give you the- terrifying yes. aunt and terrifying mom. Like it's something in my voice. It's very frightening <laughs> to be. I love it. That's
2: why I was thinking as well. If I have a dog, I will also do the same thing. I will get to you. <laughs> be able to like hey and he would get it <laughs> I have that authority but also I like to see someone else having the same kind of like stamina with anything that we'll have as a kid dog whatever not cats because I'm not a cat person that's the only
1: writing right now I know you're writing because we are part of the same writing group slash book club as well so what are you working on and when are you hoping to have it finished Ooh, I'm working tell me on... everything I love okay. talking about I... works in progress <laughs> I can give you the title of the book
2: actually because I already have the idea nice. it's called a sympathy from the devil I would not say mystery it's a thriller Uh, It's an investigation uh, type of story with two cops investigating some very weird ass murders and uh, some secret about a politician. It's kind of like a convoluted mix up of serial killer and some messed up secret of rich people. You know, the people of the above and also the racial issue, everything. And uh, the rape culture as well will be included Mm in it. So. That's what I'm working on. Right now, I'm still writing until the first chapter. I want it to be a kind of thick book. And also, I want it to be a slow burn. I have the the overview vision of it. But the details is where sometimes I just bucking in my head. I'm just like, I want to die. Why you don't come? But right now, yeah. I'm inspired with a lot of different situations, different part of the story. Because I was able to kind of map it out where yes. I wanted to go and how it had to be. So... I hope I will be able to reach like the manuscript complete like around the summer like end of June Mm -hmm. so then after that have someone to read it edit it or whatever just to make it make sense of all the crazy stuff that we'll put there and the graphic stuff that we'll write in there and maybe hopefully have it published by the end of the year knock on wood that I I, I would not uh, just uh, keep procrastinating that would be great
1: yeah are you going to self-publish again
2: I think yes but it's just because I don't know that much people in the the traditional publication and I uh, with all the our book reading club that we have I heard way too much story where great story have been skipped because the the regular publisher are just like yeah no we need the same formula formula again and again and I want to be able to just If I am the one being able to connect directly with the the reader, I want to do that. I want to take that opportunity. I know it's a lot of work, but that's what I'm willing to take as a risk. And I'm always the type of person who don't like to be told what to do in general. So Yeah. yeah, I will have a hard time with that. And if someone is like, no, your end is shitty. I'm like, no, it's true. I follow my guts because what I'm writing is the type of book that I want to read. So mm-hmm. if I know that I'm going to like it, I know that there's a lot of other people who are going to like it too, because it's not uh, like you say, oh yeah, we're going to create a burger. Nobody's going to eat burgers. And it's like, no, liar. There's brilliant people eat that every five seconds. So it will be the same thing with this story. I'm sure, I'm confident about that book. I know that a lot of people will read it. I'm very ambitious as well.
1: It's so funny. There's like six different things that you said that I wanted to talk about. Like one of them yeah. is that, I'm like the opposite. The way that I write is I get super close to the details and I get stuck in there and I can't like pull myself out. So I'm like envious of your problem. Like that you are like, oh, I know too much about like the whole story from start to finish and I need help with the details. I'm like, God damn it. I wish that was me. I do think that one of the things that you said speaks to the importance of having writer community. And it was something that I didn't know either. And all of the writers I talked to have such similar stories. They start out writing stuff when they're young and then Mm -hmm. they get this idea in their head that they're like, yeah, this isn't what you do like for reals or for money or whatever. So I'm just going to put it aside. And then you start meeting people as an adult who like also really love to read and really still have that spark and it kind of like rekindles it for you right but that was yeah. a game changer for me was coming into and i hope it will be for you as well as kind of why i wanted you to be part of like the book club and the writing group is yeah. because coming into these community spaces with other writers and seeing the total range of like different ways that people go about things like self-publishing indie publishing small printing press trad pubs whatever Mm -hmm. And understanding more about how the publishing industry works, because it's so opaque. There's so little information about it. And also understanding like how much time it takes, because I never knew that either. Like I never knew how long it took to like, put your manuscript out, decide whether you want to shop it to agents or publishers, and then wait, even after an agent has picked it up or after a publisher has picked it up to see, you know, maybe another couple few years until it's published. Right. Exactly. Yeah yeah that information isn't readily available and the best thing we can do as creatives is fucking talk to other people in our field to find out what the hell is going on
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: i just really wanted to drive that point
2: <laughs> <laughs> excellent that was well put together it's exactly yeah. that you and i like you said we have both like the opposite a problem of, of writing But the crazy thing is just for me, for over the years, it's not just about finding the right place to write. It's just for a long time, I've been discouraged because of my own situation, like my reading difficulties and all that. Because people think, oh, yeah, dyslexia is nothing but a shitload of problem because... When you are reading something, you're sure that you're seeing that because your brain is actually saying, uh, no, 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 that's exactly that. Or sometimes when I will write. So for a long time, I was carrying that on myself and being like, I don't trust myself for writing a story because they will read that and it would not make sense. And who will want to read anything uh, written by someone who's dyslexic or someone who had a hard time to learn about this or didn't even do uh, literature education at all. All those things, me, my love for reading and books and stories, I did it myself. I didn't have like a uh, specific curriculum or have um, education for that. I chose, I did it myself. And so it's self taught because I, I come from a culture where we are more about oral stories, where you tell story uh, every time. And I always enjoyed that because it felt like the person didn't have anything in front of them. They have everything memorized and they tell you some some very amazing legends and you also go with them and it's your imagination doing the rest of the work. So for me, I was like, I'm going to, sometimes I will just have an idea and say, I'm going to write it down and just do like this. The first time I was discouraged of, uh, to write, it was when I had my first ever idea to write a story. It was a sort of a YA because I have an obsession with angels. And I was, I'm going to write a badass story with angels in there, but it would not be something religious. And someone would just like, that's a stupid idea. Nobody's going to read that. Like mm-hmm. angels will, will kind of have like human-like um, flaws. Yeah. Flaws and qualities who will fight and also have feelings and they they are not as sexual. they will like, look at me. No, it's not going to work. Nobody's going to want to hear about them. Like, okay. Oh okay so just sit down elsewhere so that was my thing
1: bullshit like uh don't we have 18 seasons of the television show supernatural that directly contradict the fact (laughs) no my mistake (laughs) no the show
2: start it was after uh, it started after when i had the idea it was back in 2003 2002 that i was writing those tiny tiny stories because i was just like i like just weird human being with even though I hate birds, with freaking wings.
0: <laughs> Weird. <laughs> but not with fins.
2: Oh, yeah. Fuck that ass. I can't do
1: that. Half-fish are yeah, human, No. You're literally describing, like, the key ingredients for what, what a writer is, right? Mm-hmm. It's somebody who gets grabbed by a story idea and can't let it go. And it's somebody who also loves, like, hearing stories, like, loves receiving stories. And I have to fucking, like, blow you up a little bit more because not only you're working with dyslexia but also english is like your fucking third language yeah. so the fact that you're writing in not your native language like that takes even more thought behind it because it's not always obvious how you want to translate like i think that people who don't speak another language don't understand this when you think in a certain language you think differently mm-hmm. yeah. then it, it's not equal and it's not the same across every single language like it's different in every language right so yeah. you have to translate your thoughts like multiple times to get them into English exactly
2: and also remember that when I wrote single friend my English was less good as now
1: mm-hmm. so
2: yeah I was doing a tremendous effort to not put have the French word come out of it I was just like oh my god okay <laughs> think and then I'll go oh okay spell it differently work on it and now it just became more and more and also uh, i absorb more story uh, that i read in english yeah. and i'm able to keep some words just to remember how it goes the only thing that i still have issue with is then and then like the t-h-e-n and t-h-a-n yeah I'm just like why there's
1: so many like people who only speak english who have issues with those. <laughs> like oh. it's really you're not alone at all
2: when I see someone writing dares not in the right way, I'll get pissed. And then I'm like, hey, he's not even my first language, you asshole.
1: This is the thing, man. Like, grammar Nazism is a real, I think it's a side effect of the fact that English is like syntax and grammar rules are so fucking arbitrary in so many ways yeah. that it's like you have to learn them and then you get mad because like you see somebody else who hasn't learned them and you're like god damn it i had to learn this stupid bullshit so you should yeah. have to know it too like you know what Supply i mean it. just apply it <laughs> it's hard though because it's so inconsistent let's get to the last question this is geo's question so maybe i'll let him ask it because this is okay his favorite
0: I I do enjoy this question. If you were to look back at the trajectory of all the creative pursuits that you've been able to dabble in over the years, and Mm -hmm. see a common theme between them all, what would it be?
2: The common theme is just that I feel like I wanted to always stand out. Not just to follow like a specific way to do things. Even when I have my uh, moment where I was designing dresses, I wanted to stand out. I wanted to be uh, at the time before that we have more inclusive in uh, that world. I wanted to be the first African designer to have a a Paris uh, runway show. I wanted to always come out as she is unique and she stand out. That was the thing that I was, everything that I created, I wanted people to just look at me and be like, yeah, if she can do it, I can, I can show how unique I am, how different I am. And that being different is not a bad thing. It's the opposite. It's the best thing that you can be. Be an individual is the best thing that you can be. You don't want to be a sheep. You rather be like they call either the black sheep. I don't know why they always go with the color black, but I mean, it goes with everything. I get that is a, a compliment.
1: That's true. So <laughs> entire wardrobe philosophy. <laughs> Oh, hell
2: yes. Literally. Mine too. It's just today that I'm wearing colors, normally all black. But it's just saying that if anything, does someone make you feel like you're an outsider? Be part of it. Because mm-hmm. it means that they don't have their own identity. And you do. You were lucky enough to identify that. You were lucky enough to recognize that how unique you are and not le- letting other people uh, define you because they cannot understand who you are. And I would thank my mom for that because she always makes me embrace the uniqueness that I am and also how awkward I was as a kid make me always speak out my, my truth and just toughen me up, my whole family because we are the type of not giving any shit if your feelings are hurt. We go just to tell you the thing, how it is, so...
1: Mm -hmm. that's the thing Gio's family exactly
2: oh I think you're my twin you're my last twin I don't get (laughs) it how's possible we never met until today I made
1: it happen (laughs) (laughs) I just think I just want to like circle back because I was listening to everything that you were saying earlier and I think that that tracks so hard across all of the different things you've done because you have this curiosity and you have this inquisitiveness where you're like why are things like this who says that they have to be like this and what does it mean if I'm on the outside of that like if I'm kind of standing back from it and I don't fit in and what does it mean about me and that's such it connects so much to that idea of like not being led like a sheep and really dictating the terms of your own life because we only get one kick at the can here so why not make it a good one right
2: Exactly. Also, I was using that a lot to give that example to my sister, because I I told you that many times that she is also going through the same similar stigma that I went through. But the difference is she has me where I can tell her, you know what, if they think that you're weird, well, be more weird. Throw them the the, the dirt in the face and say, yes, I'm real. So what? I didn't have that because I was by myself. I have to grow my thick skin by myself. But she has me and I want her to just embrace the uniqueness that she is. So then she will never feel ashamed of who she is. That's why I I always keep praising my mom because we are lucky to have her. She's the type of mom that she would not care whatever you are, she's going to accept you. That's how she is. And I want also to reproduce this kind of behavior where you don't have to let anybody else define who you are. You're the only one. You're the one living in your skin. Let, don't let other people tell you whatever you have to do with your life. You wake mm-hmm. up every day in your skin, not theirs, and they are not you. They can say whatever they want. You just have to be bulletproof of their world. That's it. I'm too harsh. Well, don't listen to me. If I'm too, too harsh, it's mean that you're not able to handle the truth. I feel like people who are friends with me, they know exactly what to expect with me. And I know exactly what to give them and how that relationship is going to grow. I don't have time to pretend. Nobody should have time to pretend or just waste them time to be fake.
0: Preach.
1: 100%.
0: 100%. I just can't do it anymore. If I have to yeah. pretend around you, that means you are not going to be part of my life. We're, we're yeah, done. Exactly.
1: You, just like, oh my God. Like my role model, Nicole Byers, says all the time, that's not for me. And that's okay. If I'm not for you and you're not for me, then that's okay. Sometimes it Hurts to miss that connection, but it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You can just make a new connection on a podcast. You never know. I did
1: that. I I did that. You know what? In a certain way, I kind of
2: knew that I'm going to love you, (laughs) Gio. I kind of knew that it would happen because I was just like I know me and knowing Renee and everything she told me about you I was like yeah him and I were gonna be thick and thin like this oh yes I'll
0: make sure to follow you on all 100 of your accounts
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you before we jump off where can people find you online if they want to connect with you
2: well, I would suggest them to go to my uh, writer Instagram, FK Alden. Mm-hmm. So it's on Instagram. Uh, they can uh, also get to my YouTube channels. The first one, is Scorpius Tiletto Tarot. The second one, Unfiltered and My podcast with Millennials. Do I have anything else? I don't know. Oh, God. I don't I remember. It. And then
1: yeah. you can find this single friend on Amazon.com.
2: Yeah yeah the single friend is still available on amazon and if you're one of the two people who are gonna buy it i will appreciate it <laughs> i would not care <laughs> like really it's it's been out since 2018 i don't mind that people will shit on it so a review will be cool even though so then it would just give me tool to write better if i have to rewrite again that story of the single friend because my situation is no, it's still the it. same. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is just that now I don't care if people's like. But you're single, but I'm fabulous, man. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm fucking <single, laughs> fabulous, and if you're not trying to to want this, There's something wrong with you? That's all. That's how I just say that.
0: We met at a great time because I'm very much embodying that energy these days, and so it's yeah. it's nice to have it reflected back at me. <laughs> you have so to. Happy.
2: You have to because, like I said, the, uh, uh, your true best friend, beside like people that you care about, is yourself. If you don't don't hype yourself up, who's gonna do that in your darkest moment? you are the only one you can trust. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people, especially during this pandemic, have been really hard mentally. Me, you know what I did for this time? I thought I would be heart depressed and very sad. I was dancing half naked in my apartment because I was like... (laughs) I'm lucky I have this place. I'm lucky I'm healthy. I'm good. And damn, I look good. I was just dancing along. Just be be fine and say, you know what? The guy who's going to end up with me is the guy who deserves me, the whole me, not just the 50% or 30%, the 175% of me. And he will be totally fine with that. He will even assume that he is lucky or not. He better say that he's lucky to have me. (laughs) And it will be vice versa because, of course, I, I have to also show some tiny love
0: right
1: adima yeah. i'm gonna show you big love because i fucking love you and i'm so glad you came on our podcast yes. this was amazing
0: yeah seriously. i love you
1: guys
2: thank you very much for having me it was so fun
0: <laughs> i agree all thank right
2: you. talk to you another time see ya
0: absolutely bye, bye. bye. good night That was amazing <laughs> i know
1: i know i just like i was so happy when she asked me to be on i was like Fuck yes let's do
0: this the fact that she asked is she's probably i think she's the first person to ask to be on right no uh, we, oh, i've no. had
1: quite a few people ask me to come on which is really nice because i've said like to my friends and stuff, I'm like, I want to blow you up. Come on the podcast. Like, let's do this. And that makes me really happy because especially like my friends who are women or like more femme identified, I think that they struggle more to like blow themselves up in that way and go hey I deserve like a spot and I want to speak to this stuff that I do and uh, it makes me happy to see that they're stepping into that and being like hey I do have something to share and Mm -hmm. I am worth it it warms the cockles of my cold dead heart you know as we say (laughs) (laughs) so thanks for listening to me and to me and if you have any burning questions or you want to dm us just so that we read what you wrote on the show (laughs) (laughs) please do that uh you can reach us at listen to me podcast at gmail.com or direct message us on instagram facebook or twitter
0: did you know renee that listen to me has a patreon what That's right. You can head over to patreon.com slash listen to me pod and check out all the excellent things that we have going on over there.
1: Yes. And music in this episode is graciously provided by (laughs) audionautics.com. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're You're dabbing.